welcome everybody to our second edition of Understanding Climate Finance, the podcast by the Trade Commissioner Service. My name is Fahim Nurali, and I'm the Climate Finance Trade Commissioner based out of the Embassy of Canada in Washington, D.C. It is my pleasure to welcome Shari Friedman to the podcast. You may already be familiar with Shari through the Climate Biz podcast that she started at the International Finance Corporation, or IFC for short, where she also serves as a co-host. Shari is the acting global head for IFC's Climate Strategy and Business Unit, where she brings over 25 years experience from the public and private sector to provide climate advisory to the portfolio of IFC's investments. Shari launched IFC's first corporate climate strategy, which contributed to more than doubling the share of climate-related investments from 15% of IFC's total business in 2013 to over 30% in 2020. Welcome, Shari, and thank you for being part of the podcast. Thank you, Fahim. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, and I'm a big fan of your podcast, and hopefully we get a chance to talk about that a little bit later. But I wanted to kick off our questions on just generically. Could you tell me what is IFC's commitment to climate business and outline sort of the strategy behind that? IFC has had a commitment to climate business since 2015 was when we launched our first target, which was 28% by 2020, and we, we exceeded that. And the commitment, IFC's commitment to climate business really includes our own investment, but it, it spans beyond that. So it's really opening markets so that the impact of our investment capital doesn't really end with the project, but continues. And so for climate, this is particularly important because scientists tell us that we've got only until 2030, you know, less than 10 years to make these major shifts in our global economy. So for climate, this is particularly important because scientists tell us that we have only until 2030, you know, less than 10 years to make these major shifts in our global emissions. So while a lot of these climate markets make sense commercially and they'll probably evolve organically, we just we really can't wait for it. Great. And so what is your strategy going forward then? IFC's role to accelerate and scale climate markets, it really covers three major ways that we do this. We do it through our own investments. And over the last 10 years, IFC's invested over $23 billion in long-term financing in climate business. And then we also scale through bringing investors alongside us. At the sa- in the same time frame, in the last 10 years, IFC has mobilized another $20 billion through partnerships and other investors. And then finally, we, we work upstream in markets, and we have a host of tools, including advisory services that can work with companies to identify opportunities. And we also you know, work with the World Bank um, to change regulations. So for example, IFC works in the building sector for a long time, but we were having trouble scaling our green buildings because the standards out there were not able to be adopted inside of an investment timeframe. So IFC worked upstream to develop a certification process, a green building certification that has increased not only our own investments many fold, but has also worked to increase the market across, across the countries. And I'll provide you with a link to put on so that you could put that up. It's the Edge Green Building Certification Program. Yeah, great. I'm, I'm familiar with the Edge Program, and I think it's done some really impactful work. Yeah, it definitely has. And, and one of IFC's actually most powerful tools in opening markets is, is the blended finance. And of course, Canada has been just a fantastic partner, you know, pioneering really. And concessional finance is used where there's a risk that's preventing a commercial market from opening up but the bones of the market are there. So for example, the Dominican Republic, they were importing almost 80% of the country's energy needs 
Meanwhile, the energy demand was increasing by over 3%. So there's this opportunity for renewable energy, but there were risks in this particular market. So IFC used blended finance, and actually it was the Canadian funds, to finance 50 megawatts of grid-connected wind farm, which reduced the dependency on fuel and also helped the country to reach its, its greenhouse gas reduction goals. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's a great plug because we actually plan on interviewing your blended finance colleagues uh, in the <laughs> next few weeks. Um, and they'll talk about the Canada Fund. And it's going to be really interesting. It actually complements our first podcast in this series on blended finance with IDD Invest. So tell me a little bit more about how your group works with investment officers across IFC when you're looking at deals. That's such a great question. People don't realize like how much the relationship and the structure of how you work really affects how much you can scale your business in you know low carbon and resilient investments. And IFC does have a climate business department, and we're very integrated with the investment teams. But it's also important to note that we've been doing this for over 10 years. We've had a climate business department for over 10 years, and it's not the only place where climate happens inside of IFC, which has been the strategy overall, is to kind of integrate it throughout the system. And so I would say that there's two major things that are really important infrastructure in, in our organizational infrastructure for increasing our climate business. And one of them is to have these clear goals. So we work with the industry teams to set these goals. And it's 35% between fiscal year 21 and 25 on average. But the important thing is then it's broken down by industry group and region. So everybody knows exactly what they're responsible for. And then this kind of gets more directly to your point, which is, so how do you reach those goals? How do you work with the industry groups to reach those goals? And so that's where you have to provide a good amount of support. And so we have teams that identify what is climate business, and they will sit with the investment teams early on in a deal and start to identify where there's opportunities or is this a climate deal or not a climate deal. And then we have industry specialists that can help to evaluate the technical and market aspects of a deal. So we have that in solar, in wind, in waste and circular economy, in electric vehicles, in resource efficiency, and in green buildings. And then we also have trainings that we do for the staff. And the other piece that we do is that we've got disaggregated resources throughout the organization. So we've got a climate anchors network, which mm -hmm. is senior staff in each of the different pieces of IFC that work with the, these are the investment teams and they work with their investment teams. So this is basically how we're trying to work ourselves out of a job. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's really the objective between development finance and uh, in climate finance. Yes, exactly. So thinking back to our Canadian project developers that want to work with IFC, what is the best way to approach IFC or how should project developer, let's take a case example, let's say we have a, a project developer that wants to do forestry work in Colombia. What should that partner do What and what should that Canadian company consider when they're looking at working with IFC? Oh, another great question. I think, I mean, the first and foremost, of course, they should prepare, you know, similarly as you would for any commercial lender. We have very similar underwriting criteria, similar expectations on project risk and profitability. We do have these extra tools that others don't have, like the blended finance and the technical assistance. But once that baseline criteria is met, I think there are really deeper conversations to be had around climate. You know, when those conversations really go to what are your goals and then how can IFC help you meet them? So, for example, for forestry, 
company, you know, and, and it depends if you're talking about, you know, forestry can mean a lot of different things. It could be the plantation, it could be the pulp and paper mill, and sometimes those are vertically integrated. But you would want to say, so so you're working in a country and the, that country probably has some goals set out and some parameters. And what do you want to do above and beyond that? How do you want to position yourself? And this is just strictly speaking, if there's a climate goal involved, mm-hmm. how do you want to reduce your emissions or increase, well, in that case, it could be increased sequestration and position yourself for investment in a climate in a place where people are looking for climate investments. I mean, there's a lot of money out there that's looking. So, you know, in, environmentally sustainable projects. I think the main point is that this environmentally sustainable projects aren't just renewable energy anymore. They used to be. That's when people thought climate. They were like, oh, that's your, your renewable energy, and it used to be, frankly, most of our portfolio. But today. We have a robust business in green buildings, in agribusiness, in through financial institutions. We do a lot in green bonds. And the main point is that we work really closely with our clients to integrate sustainability into their projects. So I'll use a different example than the forestry. But if, if you're a heavy industry like cement or another manufacturing, those are not things that we shy away from. But rather, IFC understands that these are industries that produce products that we all use, and they're really integral in development. And they have a role in the global decarbonization process. So we work with our clients to help define a pathway toward decarbonization. So for example, in 2019, IFC worked with Middle East glass manufacturing in Egypt, to include a host of energy efficiency measures in glass production, which is traditionally very energy intensive. And this also made the company more attractive to the brands that they were selling to who have commitments to green their supply chain. So, I mean, just to get back to your main point, I would say that the thing is to engage with IFC early to start to identify these opportunities and chart the way forward in the partnership. Okay, great. Earlier, you had mentioned the work that you do with technical experts to help investment officers. Could you outline some of those hot specialties where you feel like IFC is really at the cutting edge? Yeah, I think that's, you know, you're asking where are we seeing the opportunities? And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, we call this looking around the corner, right? And so we have a lot of people in IFC who are working upstream to try to identify what are not necessarily what's coming across our desk today, but what do we need to position ourselves to be able to to invest in pretty soon and scale soon? And some of those are today, but they'll be bigger later. And I would say the ones that we're really looking at closely are um, battery storage. And I think that that's both the way that we've traditionally thought of battery storage, but I think it's also you know, the, the hydrogen, green hydrogen is another one that we're taking a look at. I think green hydrogen is a little farther down the road and battery storage is probably going to, we've already actually already placed a couple of investments there. Um, the other one that we're very excited about is electric vehicles. We actually just hired an electric vehicle specialist last year, and he is seeing a bunch of different opportunities. And, the, you know, those opportunities go from, there's interesting leasing models in electric vehicles. There's also a lot in electric buses. I think that's something that that we're going to see 
coming coming out a lot. And then we're going to also see the infrastructure. And that's something where IFC specifically may be able to play a good role because for a lot of investors, investing in electric vehicle infrastructure is kind of neither here nor there. It doesn't really fall into the venture capital and it doesn't really fall into the large mm-hmm. infrastructure. So I think that's another place that IFC and probably other multilateral development banks will play. So that just gives you an example. And I will also say that even in our more traditional sectors where we built a really robust business like green buildings, mm-hmm. there is more to be done. So we're, we've moved from our standard of 20% more efficient in, in water, energy, and materials into an advanced standard, which is more stringent than that, going over to net zero. And also incorporating, we've just developed a green buildings resiliency index. So also looking at the adaptation and resiliency side also. Oh, that's great. And quick plug, since you mentioned it, we are actually talking to IFC's energy storage expert in a separate podcast. So we're looking forward to that too. Ah, that's Peter Vogel, yes? Yes, yeah. That'll be a great conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And tell us a little bit about the podcast. The other thing you started at IFC, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I'm a big fan. I think it's, it's really informative. And I just wanted to get a sense of people who are listening to that one to go a little bit more in depth what they can expect. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. One of my favorite subjects. <laughs> it's, and it's really fun, actually, to be on this side of the podcast. But I would say that before we launched Climate Biz, we really thought a lot about its added value. The purpose of Climate Biz is really to take to talk about not so much the impacts of climate or the policy of climate or climate change in general, but it's really to get down to the opportunities. We heard a lot of podcasts out there that that were talking about the need and the pressure and some of the policy uh, regulations, but we live in the space where we are working with companies who are doing fascinating and innovative things every day. And at the same time, we're also seeing this huge interest from our clients about learning more, You know, not about climate change per se, but really more about the risks and the opportunities for them specifically. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to have a podcast that was accessible to the average person you know, and also provided a level of depth that's useful to a company and to a business. And so all of our episodes try to include both, you know, some sway a little bit more to the technical, like we had Mary Shapiro, who was the former chair of the SEC on to talk about climate risk. And I write IFC's climate risk disclo- disclosure. So I think I jumped into the weeds a little bit <laughs> on that one. I might've gotten a little technical there, but you know, then we had Bertrand Picard on who flew a solar plane around the world and he spoke about innovation. I think that's you know, one of our more accessible ones to everybody, but yeah. hopefully people find it useful and we're super open to feedback. Yeah. And I'd like to also say that we now have a new co-host, Denise Adaro. So I expect we'll see some, some changes as she puts her fingerprint on it as well. Yeah, Denise is great. And she, she's accomplished quite a bit in the green bond market. You know, one of the things I really like about your podcast is the Roundup as well, because it really synthesizes news from uh, around the world where, where, as it relates back to climate really well. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Great. So that's our time for today. Thank you, Shari, so much for being a guest and telling us more about the climate group within IFC and how you work with IFC investment officers. I think that's going to be really valuable to our listeners. So thanks again. And again, another plug for for our podcast. We have a number of guests coming up and the Climate Biz podcast you can find on major platforms as well. And it's Climate B-I-Z. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much, Fahim. All right. Bye.